Hey guys, welcome back to the Perfect Attrick Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron. Today, we've got more international break content back on the podcast. It is quite hard to come up with some content during international break, but we're kind of going into a complete different league. We've talked about the Premier League a lot. We've talked about the Champions League. We've talked about the England, the England squad. But today, we're doing a Bundesliga special on the podcast. I've got two very respected and good friends of mine, two Bundesliga supporting fans. Obviously, I've got my co-host Arvin, who is a huge Bayern fan. He brings Bayern into any equation, whatever it is. He just talks about, you know, Lewandowski, talks about Müller, anything. But yeah, I've got Arvin. Finally, he can talk about his beloved Bayern Munich. And I've also got Sujan on the podcast, a British Dortmund fan. We have featured on an episode together on the other side of the coin, talking about, you know, the UCL draw. So yeah, I'll start with you, Sujan, a special guest on the podcast. So your debut appearance, hopefully many more to come. How are you doing today? And are you looking forward to the pod today? Yeah, I'm looking very much forward to the podcast since, like you said, it's an international break, a bit boring. Yeah. All I've got to look forward to is under 21 euros. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I've gassed to make my first uh, cap on this podcast. Yeah, it's your first cap of many. Yeah, I'm really gassed to have you on as well. But yeah, I know that the, I swear England lost to Switzerland the other day, so it's not looking yeah. good for the under 21s. But yeah, we'll get straight on to Arvin, mate. Arvin, how are you doing today? I'm actually gassed to be on this podcast. How are you doing today? And what would you like to say to the audience? Yeah, absolutely gas, man, as per, as per, you know, um, talking po- podcasts, you know, football and stuff like that, always my my passion. And we're still in the international break. I mean, oh, <laughs> deary me. I mean, I just I just can't wait next week when we play Leipzig and PSG in the same week. It's going to be crazy, man. Yeah, no, 100%. That's going to be insane. That's two games in a row in it, like three days between them. Blood, that's that's going to be yeah. a lit. But before I get into the podcast, before we get into the nitty-gritty topics. I know I just told you to talk to it, but it catchphrase. But yeah, um, before we get into that, I just want to say quickly, could you please, whoever's listening to this, could you please follow us on Spotify? Could you please give us a five-star review on Apple? And also, please find out our YouTube channel, The Perfect Attic Podcast. So yeah, I'll start on the first topic, Marco Rosa. I want to talk a little bit about Marco Rosa, kind of the impact he could have at Dortmund next season. We've seen at Mönchengladbach, you know, he's implemented a really fast-paced attacking style of football. He's got the best out of Marcus Turam. He's got the best out of Alisson player. You know, Floddy and Newhouse. So, yeah, I'll start with you, Sujan. What do you think Marco Rosa can do at Dortmund next season? Do you think he'll be a big improvement on Lucien Favre or do you think that, you know, it will be quite similar? I think it will be a massive improvement because, to be completely honest with you, I think this is the first exciting coach we've had since Thomas Tuchel. Yeah. Like, you could argue that Peter Boz was an exciting coach because he came from uh, Ajax. But yeah. that was very short-lived. He was there for, I think, just for about five months. Uh, so that, like, after that, we've had Peter Stoger, Lucien Favre, and Stoger was very dead. And Lucien Favre, I don't think he really suited Dortmund in terms of attacking football, pressing football, getting the yeah. wing-backs to join in. And um, what went his way is Hakimi. So Hakimi made him look better than he actually was in terms of the attacking football. Yeah. Um. But that being said, I wanted Eric Ten Hag during, uh, you know, when Ajax went out to yeah, Tottenham. Yeah, I thought yeah. he would have been the perfect coach. But now I'm quite gassed with Marco Rose just because he's faced Bayern three times. He's won twice and lost mm. once. So there's yeah. already a good start. Yeah, he does seem like a manager who will succeed at a top club. We've seen Amusha Gladbach maybe since he's kind of been announced as the next door manager we've seen a little bit of a dip in form but you know he's played some top teams and I think he's been 
you know, he looks like quite a high-class manager. You saw Brendan Rodgers, he was at Liverpool, and he always kind of had that sense that he could be a really good manager. And now he's managing Leicester City, and he's got them to a third position in the Premier League. So, yeah, I think that's really interesting. Arvin, what are your opinions on Marco Rose? Do you think that he could be the big manager Dortmund are looking for? Or do you think that, you know, he could take them maybe second place again and, you know, you see a quarterfinals? Um, yeah, uh, Marco Rosa, you know, he's been a brilliant manager for Gladbach, obviously. We won't talk about after he was appointed as Dortmund manager because there's been a massive dip in form. But no, I, I certainly think Marco Rosa can challenge for the title next season. So when, you know, when Lucia, Lucien Favre came in at Dortmund and they just, two, it was two points that they missed out on the title and they had such a good run that season. So yeah, I expect big things from him. And, you know, with this Gladbach team, obviously, we've seen this season that, with Marco Rosa's tactics and Gladbach's team not certainly being as good as Dortmund's, they've gone toe-to-toe with Real Madrid, the likes of Inter, maybe not Manchester City because obviously the dip in form has affected that game. But, you know, against Real Madrid, they were 2-0 up for like 87 minutes there and they did capitulate at the end. But it just shows you, you know, they can compete with Europeans elite. So, you know, getting players like Marco Turan, player Stindor and Bolo, on the side, it's, it's brilliant to see Neuhaus in the, mid, in the midfield, Zakaria. You know, all these players, you know, when, you, when you're getting that upgrade from Dortmund's level, you know, you just wonder how well that how well that quality would quality will turn out for Marco Rosa. So, yeah, I'm certainly expecting big things next season. Obviously, hoping they won't win the league because, you know, I'm a Bayern fan. So, um, yeah, but I, I do expect them to compete and, you know, to see them go far in the Champions League. Yeah, Marco Rosa definitely deserves a lot of respect for what he did. I think the main standout player I'd say that he's brought through, you could say Taram, you could say Alisson player, but often I think you'd agree that Florian Neuhaus has been probably, I'd say, the biggest revelation under Marco Rosa. He's turned him into a really good box-to-box, even Cam-type player. So, yeah, I'd say Neuhaus mm, is probably the so. best player. Yeah, Neuhaus has been superb. I think Bayern could probably, you know, steal him for free in a few years. You know, how Bayern like to work. But, yeah, I do really I do really like Marco Rosa. I, I have a soft spot for, you know, young managers who play really modern style of football. Obviously, Frank Lampard was Chelsea's manager last year. and But I do think Marco Rosa is more of an accomplished coach and I think that he could take Dortmund to the heights they should be with these players. It's whether he can keep Erling Haaland for another year, he can keep Jadon Sancho, can he keep Rafael Guerrero and all these other key players. But yeah, let's move straight on to the next topic. Whether Dortmund can, you know, finish in the top four. It is crucial for Dortmund fans, it's crucial for the club to secure that top four qualification, to keep their big players, to stay in the hunt for the for the title in the next few years, to 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 maintain himself as a big club on the ma- in the major stages. So yeah, I want to kind of discuss if Dortmund can finish up four. They've had an awful run of form. Maybe recently they've kind of got a few big results here and there. But yeah, it has been quite a really patchy run of form. The defense, I'd say, is probably the biggest benefactor to their their downgrading form. Emre Shan sometimes gets a bit carried away. Hummels doesn't really look like the play he has been, but can Dortmund solidify the defence enough and finish top four? I'll start with you again, Sujan. What do you think? Do you think that you get top four? I mean, usually I'm really optimistic and I would say yes, but the yeah. way that this season's been going and the way that we've been defending, I wouldn't say I'm the most confident. And I genuinely yeah. think that uh, next Saturday, the game against Frankfurt is crucial because we're four points away from Frankfurt, who are fourth. And if we lose that, then we're in big, big trouble. Yeah, After I don't Frankfurt, think. Yeah, we have yeah. very winnable games. Um, but Dortmund this season, you don't, you can't really say what's a winnable game and what's not. You think Cologne's a winnable game, but no, they go and draw it. So yeah, yeah. 
it's it's really difficult with Dortmund at the minute. I say that, like you said, it's inconsistencies, I'd say. And when you're a top club trying to get top four, you need to have some stage in the season where you have a consistent run of form. We've seen Chelsea. I always like to talk about Chelsea because that's kind of how I like to compare things. We've seen Chelsea. They've been amazing the last 14 games. We've really stapled ourselves in the top four. It's whether Dortmund can keep the players, you know, firing Erling Haaland and Sancho need to be on their game and all these other big players as well. But yeah, that's kind of how it is. I feel like, yeah, Arvin, let's get your opinions on this a little bit more. You think Dortmund are going to finish top four? Very topical. I mean, it, it all depend on, uh, yeah, as Sujan said, next Saturday's game against uh, Frankfurt. If they can win that brilliant, they have a big chance, you know, because they'll only be one point away from Frankfurt. If they don't, I'm afraid it's all over because they've got Leverkusen breathing down their necks. So, uh, can they finish? I think they can. I think they just have too much for the likes of Frankfurt to be able to compete with. Obviously, in the later runs, you know, you don't see Frankfurt having the same quality as Dortmund, for example, you know, Erling Haaland. But, you know, for example, if Erling Haaland gets an injury, you know, who are Dortmund left with? Because we've seen we've seen their over-reliance on players like Erling Haaland and players like, you know, they, he, he just about managed to get them through against Sevilla, which was, you know, a scare for them. I remember watching that game. So um, really for me, it's solid. It's making sure that Marco Rosa has the best material to go on next season. I feel like this this point is really make or break for Dortmund because if, let's say, Erling Haaland leaves next summer, it, you'll get a potentially big fee from it, but it will be really hard replace him same with Sancho and are these big clubs going to pay the fees for him you know we'll have to see if they can keep Haaland next season and Sancho then I think they could compete if they don't then you know it's it's ropes really so for me Dortmund it's really it's pressure upon pressure because after Frankfurt they have Manchester City so you know can do they have the squad depth I mean Jane Sancho has been injured but again we saw against Cologne that when they are in good positions, you know, they had loads of chances against Cologne, didn't take them and they're just digging themselves into a deeper hole. But we have seen the improvement from the past couple of weeks that, you know, since since their patchy form that they can, you know, they can lift their lift their quality up to different levels. So, yeah, it's I, th- I think they'll just about manage to get top four because it, there's there's huge, huge things riding on this you know Marco Rosa's ability to how far they can he can take Dortmund next season as well you know keeping Erling Haaland and Sancho so you they have to finish top four so I, I think they will it's all it's for me about to think yeah. um, that Andre Silva's got 21 goals the same amount yeah. as Haaland and they've got Jovic yeah, exactly. coming off the bench um, we've got Leipzig still to play we've got Wolfsburg still to play and never know what sort of Leverkusen will turn up on the final day of the season Mm. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. It is but... really going to be interesting. Yeah, 100% yeah. agree. I don't know if you agree with me, Sujan, a little bit on this. I want to talk to you about Dortmund a little bit more. The chance of getting top four, two key factors I feel like will be crucial. We know Haaland, yeah. if he stays fit, he will keep firing. He will keep, you know, scoring the big goals and the big moments. Jaden Sancho, he's really improved in the turn of the year. But for me, it's the fact that I mentioned a little bit earlier. It is two factors are the defence, which I've mentioned Emre Shannon and Mats Hummels maybe haven't been that great this season, and Edin Tersic. That's my kind of opinion on that. I don't really think he's the best manager. I've seen a lot of games where his tactics have just gone a bit off. For example, the Bayern Munich game, 2-0 up, and he completely just sat back, let them come on to him, which you can't do against a high-line team. So that's kind of my opinion. What do you think about... First of all, I'll start with Edin Tersic. Do you think that he is going to be an issue in trying to get this top four place, or do you think that... 
he is going to use experience of the the great players he has, his great captain in the Hummels and his previous working with Lucien Favre. Uh, first of all, I think that was the wrong decision to hire him. I think the under-23 coach should have got the job, uh, even yeah. if it's interim. And second of all, like in even non-footballing terms, he genuinely is just a fan. And he's literally passion and vibes. <laughs> That's what he's yeah. going on, like, um, which is, is P. And like you said, I don't think if we get top four, I genuinely don't think it will be through him. It will be through, like you said, Marco Royce or Hummels. Yeah. Mm. and the willpower of the Haaland and Sancho, that them four players and just the squad will get us top four. I genuinely don't think that Terzic will have an impact. Yeah. If the squad wants to get top four, we're going to get top four. If not, then we're not, basically. And I think the yeah. manager's out of the question now. No disrespect to him. Like I think he's been good as an assistant to um, Slava Bilic and Favre. But yeah, I just don't think he, like you said, tactically he's not there yet. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I've seen a lot of instances where, like I said, the Bayern Munich game, where he just doesn't seem like he has experience to kind of... He, he's always really passionate on the bench. I see him. He's always celebrating yeah. so much, getting quite passionate, but you can't just show passion. You need to have the, the kind of game monster mentality to get top four in probably the second most competitive league in, in the world. But yeah, let's talk about the defence a little bit with you, Sujan. Zagadou, Hummels, Emre Shan, Akanji, even, you know, um, there's other players who can play there as well with centre-back. You think that there's... There's been a big dip in form in their defence. It's, it's been really key to, you know, the downfall of Dortmund. And you, do you think it can improve? I think it can improve only if uh, we get a solid goalkeeper, which was going to be Onana, but now with his uh, drug scandal, I don't know what's going on oh with that. Oh my God, yeah. And <laughs> I think to to honestly get the consist, we need to get the consistency back. We've not had consistency since Klopp. Like under Turkle, we were good. But there were still defensive lapses and we ended up outscoring teams with the likes of Dembele and Aubameyang. Yeah, yeah. So until we get consistency and build confidence within... It's going to be a hit and miss. Like, if you've seen Dortmund play in recent years, either the attack's letting us down or the defence is letting us down. We're not gelling like we were in 2013, 2011, yeah. 2012. And, like, we were under clock. Yeah. And That's, I think Marco yeah. Rose might mm. be the one guy that's like, like you said, a respected coach that could tell these players who they are, what club they're playing for, yeah. and to believe in themselves. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I agree that, yeah, it's not been since Thomas Tuchel. I'm also talking about another, geez, I'm actually obsessed with Chelsea. But yeah, I always kind of bring that back to Tuchel that the way he's come into this club, and I have all my praise for this guy, it's only the start at Chelsea. But when you have an elite manager at your club telling your players, you know, you're Antonio Rudy, you're a German international, you're signed for 35 million. You need to you need a manager who can who can like gel up these players. And I feel like is yeah. the, the Dortmund manager really the right man to to get this defense of big, big names? Emre Shan, I can imagine he's not an easy player to manage. I feel like he is quite a big personality. The same with Hummels, maybe Zagadou's still a young player. But yeah, the defense I wouldn't say has been amazing. And Marco Rosa, I've I would say he has he has had kind of a good balance between the defence and the attack, if I'm right to say that. But yeah. hopefully he can kind of bring that in. He obviously has Ginte, he has Elvedi. He has great players who can play back there. So I feel like it is like that, hopefully next season. But the defence could be an issue in getting top four. And Hummels really needs to be that kind of big vocal lead in the changing room in the future. But let's move on to the next topic now. Let's go straight on to the third topic of the episode. Let's talk a little bit about... Let's kind of switch up away from Dortmund. We'll come back to Dortmund a little bit later. I want to talk about... Probably the most exciting, i say the biggest story of a young manager coming into a Bundesliga club, a top-level club, and performing this well. A UCL semi-final last year, 
finished, I believe, second or third in the Bundesliga last season. Let's talk about Julian Nagelsmann. And I know he's 33 years of age. This guy is 33 years of age. There's players that are like 40 still playing in goal. And this guy is 33 years of age and he's managing one of the best clubs in Europe. I just, I have all my respect for Nagelsmann as a coach. But the question is, is he a little bit hyped up because of his age? I know you have to think, you know, he's 33 years of age. You give him all of his credit, but... There is some instances against Liverpool in the Champions League, a game where I say millions of people are watching that game on TV. His tactics were all wrong. The way he played three cams, he played, you know, in Kunku, he played Sabitzer, he played Haidara in that game. I feel like it was so obvious that to tackle Liverpool, you need pace up front, you need a target man, you need someone who can run in between the lines, just as Chelsea did with Timo Werner. I just feel like Nagsman sometimes loses his head a little bit in his management. But yeah, I'll start with you, Arvin, on this topic. Do you think Nagelsmann is a bit overrated or do you have to give all credit to him? Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't actually say all credit to him, but he does deserve a huge amount of credit because, you know, at 30, I, I know people say, oh yeah, age factor is the only reason why he's rated, but you've got to think 33 years of age, you know, some, was, I feel like some instances where like, players don't respect you because they're younger than them and they think sometimes you think more. I, I do I do hear that sometimes about personality uh, personalities on the um, dressing room and stuff like that. But regardless of that, you do have to give him credit because, you know, he, he, he got injured and then he retired and then he came in at Hoffenheim. He took on a huge job because Hoffenheim at that point were a relegation team destined for relegation. He then took them, he then rescued them he then rescued them, and then the next season he turned them into a top four team. So you have to think, okay, you, you know he does it. Hoffenheim didn't have the best of players, but moving on from that, anyway, Leipzig, he can lose his head at times, and I feel like sometimes the uh, the tactics that he plays are not exactly necessarily suited to what the type of game is against Liverpool. We saw, I think, you know, if you were watching the game when Juan came on in the last few minutes, he was the sort of real spark that ignited Leipzig to, you know, create a couple of chances. Yeah, he missed them, but, you know, he was that player that Leipzig really needed to pace. Yeah, I know people say about pace and it's not all about pace, but regardless of that, Nagelsmann just sometimes, you know, how you can't really expect to start on Kunku and Oma as your only attackers and play well and, well, no, win against Liverpool. You know, you can't do that. And the back line as well is partially due to individual errors as well. You know, the goals that came about in Liverpool. But I just feel like sometimes he does lose his head and the tactics, the tactics that he plays are sometimes way too risky. So he does make bold decisions for the age he is. And that's something you can, you can credit that because it is exciting to watch how he plays. But sometimes I don't think he has had that experience yet of getting through, you know, certain games, you know, if he, if he has to drag out one nil, he doesn't have to, you know, some situations he has, but in big key moments, discounting the Manchester United game when they absolutely blew them away for the entire 90, apart from the last, well, sorry, the entire 80, apart from the last 10 minutes where, you know, I put on the pressure, you know, but apart from that game and the Spurs games last season. Yeah, it's it's tough to call this one, but Nagelsmann is a brilliant manager and he will be a Champions League winner in the future. You know, we saw last season against Atletico, they won 2-1, there was a brilliant performance, but for some games he just doesn't know how to get through, but I'm sure he'll get that experience because, you know, he's only 33, he'll learn, you know, if I, if I was to say myself, I'd still think he'd have another 20, 30 years of coaching before he can reach that level, so he has enough time.
I do feel bad for Nugsman in the fact that he's a young manager. I'm sure that there's players that are really close to his age in the dressing room. So, yeah, there's so many big names. He lost Timo Werner. I wouldn't say Clive or Hwang are a suitable replacement by Red Bull, you know, bringing them in. I don't think that's... Timo Werner was one of the most crucial players for Leipzig, playing that inverted left forward role. You have Upa Makano, who's linked with so many clubs all the time, and he's obviously joining Bayern at the end of the season. It must It's not easy for a 33-year-old manager to kind of deal with all the politics in the dressing room. It's almost like he is one of the players. He has to be kind of best friends, but it's the times when he needs to kind of be that big authority name in the dressing room. He is the manager. I do kind of feel, but I really like Leipzig's tactics. I really like the... The way they play that really expansive, you know, 3-4-3 three, three with Angelino always overlapping. Almost plays as like a false like left forward at times. I really like that. I do like the three cams. I'm really interested in, you know, rotational, positional interchange in, in teams. We've seen Eric Ten Hager, manager, you mentioned Sujan, do that quite a lot. But yeah, Sujan, talking about you, I'll go straight on to this topic as well with you. What do you think about Nagelsmann? You know, you've watched a lot of Leipzig games, I'm sure, in the Bundesliga. You've watched Dortmund against Leipzig. I'm sure you watched Leipzig amazing runs to the semi-finals where they're unfortunately beaten in the Champions League. You think that Nagelsmann is potentially one of the best managers in the league or do you think that he is a little bit overrated by Bundesliga fans at the time? Uh, I, I honestly think he's the second best manager in the league and just to wow. hit home, the whole point that we're having this conversation about a 33-year-old, like that blows my mind. Yeah. And this job that he did with Hoffenheim is mad. The only yeah. thing that is a bit suspicious for me um which is fine warranting his age but it's like he's got the best a uh, better of Sarri's Napoli but then yeah. he lost the next game he got the best of uh United and then lost the next game in the group mm. same with PSG he won the first game and then lost the next game Atletico obviously he beat them and Tottenham he beat them both times but the fact that he wins one game and then can't take it to the next game and even like keep it close like the buy he beat a Man United 3-2 then lost 5-2 I mean 5-0 sorry do you know what I mean like yeah. sometimes I feel like he's over reliant on his tactics meaning that his team is left in a vulnerable position which because it just doesn't make sense with two games being so close to each other and having such different results which like you don't really see that often but with Leipzig you do obviously that comes down to the football they play yeah but as a manager I think he just needs to uh improve that it's almost like how how i say with young players you know you can't expect a young player like saka mount to perform the whole season without a bit of inconsistency he's almost like a rookie in the in the manager's industry so i feel like inconsistencies do happen at that age but imagine when this guy's the same age as like guardiola yeah. it's the same age as jose marina the same age as thomas tuchel in 15 years must have had he'll be the same age as thomas tuchel it's absolutely insane what this guy can do He's already guided Hoffenheim to fourth place in the league from a relegation candidate, as you said, Arvin. He's guided RB Leipzig to a Champions League final. It's one of the biggest stories, I'd say, in Bundesliga history, the, the things he's done. And obviously, he had a really serious injury at the age of 25, similar to Tuchel. And he came back. He like a lion mentality monster. All credit to uh, Julian Nagelsmann. Can I, really can I just add one more thing? Um, sure. This, sorry, this season, they have had a lot of injuries as well, like Conrad Leimer, you know, absolute crucial player within that midfield. You know, I've seen him. He's an excellent player. And again, and then last season against Tottenham, when I saw them at their full strength team, they are scary side. The first, yeah. the first two minutes, they blew away Tottenham. They blew away Tottenham. They hit the post. They missed about three sitters, you know, so... It's things like that, really, that just like that just fascinate me because 
as for someone like me, I'd have never watched that. Not even Bayern have done something like that. So you've got to give him credit where credit's due. Because if and you let's watch... not forget, he can still win the league this season. Exactly. So you know, if they beat if they beat Bayern, hopefully not. But if they beat Bayern, they're within one point of us. So you know, so you know, having having those injury problems and not having a team of Vernon in your team and someone that you can rely on to score goals. It just shows you, you know, he's still within a good position of being a great manager. So I think he's not overrated at all for me. Yeah, I don't think he's overrated. That's just a topic that sometimes is a bit of, I say hype, like too much. Like he's probably the best manager to ever go. It's like a young manager in the Bundesliga. But I do think that is kind of a little bit that he's overrated at some stages. But all credit to this guy. Like, as I said so many times, where will he be when he's the same age as other managers? But yeah, let's kind of move on from this topic. Just one question yeah, I can sure. add on to that. If you guys 100%. Think. Um, yeah. If he does go on to win the league this year and the cup, which is in, he's in the semi-final, do you think yeah. that conversation just gets completely deaded? And no one if he wins the Bundesliga <laughs> against the yeah. sex super winners, I think I think yeah. there's a little bit of a possibility that that could be wiped away, the overrated symbol. Yeah, I do think that if he can win the, if he can win the Bundesliga with RB Leipzig, this guy's going to be you know, hailed by Leipzig fans for, for history, 100%. And just, if he wins the cup, yeah. Just to add one more thing, I think the only reason why people think he's overrated is that at the highest of levels, you know, when we when we saw them against Liverpool, you know, I was expecting quite a few things to see from them. They didn't do much. And that's why I think people are very easy to judge on, you know, two games saying that, oh, they've had off games. I know it was a really bad Liverpool team, but, you know, yeah, even against PSG, last season they absolutely flopped they gave the ball away about four or five times for the for the goals that PSG had so you know it's really high stages like that where Nagelsmann flops and that's where you know that's where millions of spectators see that oh well is this guy truly overrated so that's why I think it comes about yeah that that is a little bit I would not say it's overrated like a lot like just there's some I say doubts in people's minds why you know if he loses this Liverpool team I wouldn't say they're the worst Liverpool team in history, but there's some this season they've been poor in the Champions League. They look like an animal, I'd say, like an absolute animal. But yeah, let's kind of move on from the Nagelsmann topic. We've we've kind of covered that quite a lot. Let's go back onto Dortmund a little bit. Let's kind of talk about the Dortmund City game, which I believe is next week. I'm not quite sure next week. Uh, Wednesday, some someday yeah, Wednesday, yeah, next, Tuesday. Next week, yeah. next week, <laughs> next week, next week. Yeah, that is it. Dortmund City. It's going to well, be a huge in, game. In two weeks. In two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. That's it. That's it. Two weeks. It's going to be years a... after Frankfurt. Oh, after Frankfurt, Luka Jovic. But yeah, that's that's going to be a massive game for both teams. I want to get your opinions on this too, Jean. Do you think Dortmund can beat Man City? That's all I'm going to say. We've beaten them before in the Champions League. Um, not quite the Dortmund that we have right now. Yeah. I can't answer your question and be happy with myself after. That, that answers the question in itself. But yeah. I don't know. No, I don't, I don't yeah. think we can beat them. Um, but that being said, they've gone out to teams like Leon, and they just they have a knack of bottling stuff. So you just never know. Like it, if Man City do get knocked out, yes, it's surprising, but they've done it before. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you know what I mean? Dortmund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dortmund do probably have. I say a bigger chance. People have put it out. Man City. I feel like they do have weaknesses. Haaland versus Diaz. If Diaz has had one test to say. You know, this is your judgment test to say if you are yeah. the defender that everyone judges. I'd say it is probably against Lewandowski, Haaland. I don't know if he's played against Kane, like one-on-one. I'm sure he got an injury in that game. Kane got an injury in that game or something. Arvin, you can probably really back me up here if Diaz has played against Harry Kane. But yeah, um, yeah, I think that that's probably going to be a huge test for, 
for Ruben Diaz against Haaland. Sancho back against his old club. That's probably going to be a huge talking point as well. Yeah. Whether Dortmund's defence would be... his dad's, ta- dad's club. Yeah, 100%. I'm just hoping that they massively... Um, like. I'm sure the group chat would have, the Man City group chat would have popped off and they were all hmm. excited to play us. So if yeah. they underestimated us, then I think we might be in for a shout. But if 100%, they're not, yeah. then yeah. And again, we've beaten Pep's teams before. So there's that. I'm not a fan of Pep. Uh, hmm. Footballing wise, I love him. But just as a Pep Guardiola with his Bayern links and his Barcelona links, not a fan. That would be another thing. Arvin, do you know Pep? I, I believe Tuchel did beat Pep a few times, right? As a yeah. as a door yeah. manager, yeah, he did. I'm pretty sure you mentioned that Arvin when Tuchel was uh, appointed as a Chelsea manager. But yeah, that is. I say that's going to be a really big game. That's probably an underestimated tie. The biggest one's definitely PSG versus Bayern. But yeah, Dortmund-Man City is a huge game. So many facts I mentioned before. Can Man City kind of exploit that weak defence? I believe Marma hits a ceiling goal for Dortmund, so that could be an area to explore as well. Arvin, what are your opinions on this? Are you fancying Man City like as many people are, or do you think Dortmund could be a dark horse to go through? Oh, this one's a tough one to call because had I thought that, you know, fans were in the stadium and Sidney Arduino Park had their yellow wall and stuff, I would have think definitely Dortmund would have won that game. You know, they they always do, you know, in big Champions League ties in front of in front of their fans. They always I, I don't know how, but they just always do. It's like it's like they their place jump from like yeah. an eighty rating to like a ninety rating or something <laughs> like that. But regardless, regardless of that. Um no, I don't obviously obviously Manchester City factors are that, you know, they lost to Leon, they lost to Spurs, they lost to Monaco, they lost to Liverpool in all their quarterfinals. So, you know, this is really a barrier for Man City, but I just think there's a new element to them this season regarding their defence as well, because, you know, we've seen that over the past few years, they've really struggled with pacier sides like Leon, like your Spurs, as you know, human song absolutely took them apart. You know, even even Toko Canby. So, I mean, like, um, no, I just think Manchester City have too much adornment, especially with that defence. I do think it will be a, a tougher game than what most people put out to me. I don't, I don't think people quite grasp how good Erling Haaland is. I mean, I saw him against 10... Uh, I, saw him, I saw him in the first 10 minutes against Bayern. I mean, Jesus Christ. The attacking mm. play was scintillating. So if Dortmund can play like that, I think they could have a good chance of, you know, nicking away goal. I don't think they'll... I don't think they'll uh, keep a clean sheet, though. I just think Manchester City are too good for that. So, um, I do think Manchester City will go through, but I don't think Dortmund should be underestimated in the way they would. But I just think... If they had the yellow wall, I'd say okay. There, they have a slight big chance. They they have a slightly bigger chance than they would at this point now. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting. Obviously, I, I really want a Bayern City semi final. So, yeah, Bayern Dortmund semi final. You can't discount that because it's two big German rivals. But regardless of that, yeah, I do think City will go through. Think you have heard this on the Perfect Hatchick podcast that Arvin would rather play Man City in the Champions League semi finals than. The Dirkaska rival. What is going on? What is Arvin? What have you been eating today, mate? But that is a that is shocking. I'd expect, you know, if Chelsea were playing against Liverpool, that'd be gas. Like I'll be looking forward to that. But yeah, it is interesting about Dortmund. Can they get through? I've mentioned the Haaland topic. That is gonna be a huge, huge battle. If they can keep a clean sheet against Erling Haaland and Sancho, this Man City team of all the credit. They've dealt with the best attacks in Europe, not Bayern yet. If they keep a clean sheet against Bayern, that is gonna be like world class but yeah Dortmund is probably a big step for them my personal opinion I do feel like I don't know what's going to happen because Dortmund could get through if their players are on their game if Haaland is in that really like hungry 
mentality monster energy usually is in those big games and I don't know what's really stopping Dortmund it's just the defensive side of things whether the Dortmund manager can kind of get the right mentality in the players for the game but yeah that's kind of my opinion so let's move on to the next topic now let's talk about Bayern Munich Arvin this is a podcast that you're looking forward to doing talking about your beloved Bayern Munich we haven't really discussed them much so far but yeah let's talk about can any team beat Bayern in the near future like as a reign as the best one of the best teams ever in Bundesliga history like they've won the title pretty much every year for the last eight nine seasons so do you think that in the near future any of these other teams Nagelsmann's Leipzig uh, I believe Peter Bosch is leaving Le- uh, Leverkusen so if a new manager comes in if you know Mönchengladbach Dortmund any of these teams can kind of get up to bias level in the future as a, as a Bayern fan do you think that is possible? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's always a possibility that can happen. For me personally, I, I do sort of want it to happen. I know that's strange coming from a Bayern fan, but I just think like if there's not that much competitive football being played, then you know, then we're going to slowly start. Every other team is just the the quality, the gap in quality would just get bigger and bigger. So um, no, I do, I do think that it could be broken in the future. I just right now don't see how because I feel, I feel like Nagelsmann will leave in the next season or so. Leipzig, whether he goes to, you know, I don't know how well Marco Rosa will do, but you Nagelsmann, don't think he'll stay in the Bundesliga. I think there's links with him to Tottenham, which which will be huge if it's true. So um, Marco Rosa's dormant next season, I think could could pose a real real threat because if if they can keep hold of Erling Haaland and Jaden Sancho I think there's a there's a huge chance and you know maybe if they strengthen a couple of key areas like the, the, the defence and maybe the right back position which I think is a problem for them because I don't think Thomas Mernier is exactly good so um yeah, if they, if they can strengthen those positions as long as, he, you know, defence is the main issue. If, it, if they can strengthen that, I think they're, they're sorted, to be honest. They can have a real chance of making it into, you know, a title-threatening team. So, um, yes, I, I do I do think uh, Bayern's reign could be broken within the next three seasons. Um, personally, I would want to see someone challenge us. Just not win the league. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> I don't know. It's really weird, but um, you know, uh, well, um, I don't know. Bayern are just too dominant right now, to be honest. I mean, Hansi Flick. Yeah. But I do, you know, with all these with all these rumors about Hansi Flick going to uh, Germany as Germany manager and stuff like that. So our future isn't really settled either. So um, yeah, but I do think it will definitely be broken. I just don't know when. But I think I think maybe soon, probably not next season, but in the coming seasons, I definitely think yeah. This is how I kind of think of it that we've seen but Liverpool. Even, wait, oh, sorry, yeah. even potentially, sure. even potentially this season, and uh, I'm not going to rule that out because like I'm not going to underestimate Leipzig. So I'm not. I'm it's not only four that. points off for you, right? Four points. Yep, and if they win, if they win uh, the game that we have coming back from the international break, then they're only within one point of us, and it, mm. the only thing that it will take is one slip off from Bayern, and then we're behind them. So yeah. That'll be catastrophic, I feel like. But yeah, kind of what I was saying before that we've seen Liverpool in the last few seasons in the Premier League. They they just looked unbeatable. They looked invincible. But with the style of football they were playing, the really expansive, all-out attacking style of football, the Hansi Flick likes to play at Bayern. We've seen a lot of injuries to key players: Van Dijk, Gomez, Alexander Arnold was out for a while. Allison's been out for a while. Henderson's now out. All these big, big names who are kind of being them workhorses in the team. And I feel like if Bayern do continue to play this this really, I'd say, suicidal kind of football for the next few years, then is it going to come back to bite them in the future? I'm not really sure. That's kind of what I'm saying. We saw Liverpool 
now who's top? Man City are top of the, the Premier League. Liverpool are fourth. So that is kind of how I think of it. It's not a very sustainable style of football. I feel like that is kind of what could uh, what could what could hurt Bayern. Um, do you kind of agree with that, Sujan? That the kind of football that Bayern are playing could ultimately come back to bite them in the future. Yeah, hundred percent. Like not only because of the football they play, but they're just so well run, like as a business and the yeah. transfers that they move, their academy, um, buying and selling. It's just it's. It's just a step above every other club, like Dortmund's in debt. Um, yeah. So that that also goes like um, Haaland and Sancho might have to leave because of the debt. So mm. that the difference in the way that clubs are run also limit the way that we can compete with them. Yeah. So there's that. But I do think like uh, Arvind was saying, the manager might be leaving. That could be an issue for them. Like if that leaves, if he leaves and who comes in, how do they play? Do they maintain a style of football? Because right now, um, Flick has a good way of um, telling these players that you play for Bayern mentality monsters. They, they go down, they can come back, they can outscore anyone. They can concede yeah. three and win the game 5-3 after half time. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. There's not many managers that can do that. Mm. Um, so once that goes, then there is a good chance for a Dortmund or a Leipzig to break their reign. But that being said, only if the team can stay consistent for most of the season, which no mm. other Bundesliga club has done. Uh, add yeah. to this point, um, just going to throw a shot at La Liga here. I think La Liga is a dead league, even mm. though they have a few different winners. Like I okay, think right yeah. now, the quality in that league is not great, even mm. the top three clubs. Um, but Bayern have been winning the league for, what, eight, nine years, but still... We've got teams that can compete in Europe. Yeah, that's true. And a better to watch, like not taking anything away from Sevilla winning Europa Leagues. But yeah. I feel like if the likes of Dortmund or were in the Europa League, they might win it. I really like the point you made, Sujan, about, you know, Flick if he leaves. And he does kind of have these players in a good place right now, whether it's forever. And we saw at the start of Lucien Favre's reign as Dortmund manager in 1819, Dortmund were looking superb. Jason Sancho came in, you know, the Paco Alcasa up front. You had some great players and they were they performed to a really high standard, obviously Axel Witzel. And then I remember the game where Dortmund beat Bayern 3-2 in the league where Alcacer kind of scored that late goal. But then it's yeah. all about, it's a 34-game season. The win of the league is always deserved and Bayern kind of always have, they're the most financially stable team in the Bundesliga. They have the transfers, they have the board to kind of have the right squad depth to go 34 games. And you know the, I believe it's a plus one rule in the Bundesliga where some teams kind of, a bit higher up in that ranking to the others. So if Dortmund could maybe get some more squad depth, I feel like, or like or Leverkusen, uh, you know, yeah. Marco Rosa could attract some more players that that could ultimately help all these teams in the long run. It's all about the the thirty four games. I feel like you know, in the Champions League, you can t- tend to fluke it if you can get through yeah. a few rounds. But that's kind of how I feel about that. Arvin, anything you'd like to say about about this topic before we leave? Um, a little bit about Hansi Flick, anything like that? Um, what I want to say is, uh, hopefully Leipzig don't win next week. Uh, <laughs> I really don't want them to. Uh, but um, yeah, coming to coming to about that dominance thing, and it's interesting you say that because uh, under your Pinkers when we won the treble. 
that season. We didn't actually win the 6-2, but when uh, Pep Guardiola came in, we did actually have a, a very high amount of injury problems. I think Robin was injured every single season for about a lengthy spell. Ribery was injured all the time. You know, there's points where Philip Lahm was injured, Thomas Muller was injured, you know, and we and back then we did actually play the same football that we were playing now. Not, not as, obviously not as suicidal as we were playing right now, but it was high energy, high pressing. So I think, I think in the next few in the next few seasons we could have some injury problems. Hopefully not, but you know going back to that point, that's a very good point that you made. So yeah, hopefully we don't, but we could see that happening. Yeah, there's, there's been room. a couple yeah, sure. more points about Bayern's yeah. dominance. Um, sure. Obviously, the, the first point is a bit of a conspiracy, but it's kind of common knowledge as well that Bayern have a kind of a hand in the DFB. So like if you if you play for Bayern, you have more of a chance of getting called up to the national team. Yeah. So that influences some of the players uh, to go there. And like, I'm pretty sure Jamal Musiala might have played for England if he never signed for Bayern. That was yeah. a massive reason why he did pick Germany. Mm. And if this dominance is to be stopped, then um, like, you know how Bayern might probably going to get Neuhaus, they got Goretzka, like whoever's the top of the uh, top of the league, uh, they like just pilfer them off the teams. And yeah. I don't think that's going to stop. And I don't blame the players. Like if they are at a Gladbach or something and Bayern comes knocking, you're going to go. Um, it is a bit, it's a bit painful if they're coming for a Dortmund player and I don't think anymore, they will go there anymore. But if they are getting players from the likes of Leipzig, like Upamecano, the Munch and Gladbachs, the Leverkusens, then it's, it is hard for these other teams to try and compete with them, you know? That's a, no, that's a really good point that Bayern kind of do have that, the upper hand in terms of the league. They just, they can sign most players they want. Most players are attracted to come yeah. to Bayern. And I've, I do feel like that is a bit of a disadvantage. Whether the league can do anything about that. Arvin, what's your kind of opinions on this? Do you kind of see where Sujan's coming from? Or do you think that it's just the fact that Bayern maybe are just a better club in general? I think it's partially, you know, it's, uh, Sujan's point about the DFB, you know, that, that's, that's a very interesting point and it's also correct. Uh, I have seen multiple reports, you know, about that as well. Musiala, I don't think, yeah, you know, I think the England team wouldn't have taken them on because you know, they're so compact and there's so many players in the same position, have the same amount of quality. So, you know, I can see where he's coming from in that department. Also, um, yeah, attracting players. I think Dorm, I think uh, Dorman CEO has already come out and said uh, he's not gonna, he's gonna stop um, sending players to Bayern because obviously he wants to stop that era of dominance. So I think more teams will need to do that because. Obviously, it is difficult to, when Bayern come knocking. It's very difficult to turn them down because, you know, as much as you hate to hear it, but we are one of the best teams in the world. And yeah. I don't think you can discount us for saying that, you know, there's players just say, oh, players want to go there because they want to win things and you can't blame them. So, um, regardless of that, I think, I think more people need to do what Dortmund have been doing and stopping that supply, you know, from their best players to go into Bayern. So, you know, that's the only, or maybe, you know, the likes of Neuhaus, instead of going to Bayern, go to Dortmund instead. I feel like a project at Dortmund, something like Dortmund, I think personally I would want to go to because it's just exciting to, you know, break Bayern dominance. I don't think anyone in the Bundesliga has had the mentality yet of, you know, wanting to be the best, being the best player in within that league, but also wanting to break Bayern's dominance. I don't think there's been a, such a mentality within any player in the 
Bundesliga. So I do think it's something to do with that, but it is also to do with multiple other factors. Like, when we did get players make. like Hazard and Brandt, like you said, to come and join our project, it hasn't always worked out. Which yeah, that's true. Adds to that. So glad that Havertz went to Chelsea. Yeah. Ooh, I think Havertz has been good recently. You know, he's yeah, especially the well. Germany games. Yeah, he scored for Germany on against uh, yeah. Iceland the other day. He's looking good. He's starting to look good. But yeah, I do think Bayern kind of edge of attracting, you know, the, the upper class type of player, like the above average. I think that Dortmund do kind of have the edge of attracting, you know, Nico Schulz, Torgan Hazard, uh, Julian Brandt, uh, these kind of players. But Bayern just signed Robert Lewandowski when he was in amazing form for Dortmund for free. They've signed Goretzka for free as well. Many good players, but we'll see what happens in the future with, with Bayern and Dortmund because I really hope there is a... There definitely won't be Bayern's reign for forever. There will definitely be a shift somewhere where, you know, Dortmund or someone else kind of gets to the top of beast and becomes the DFB's favourite team. But, yeah, let's kind of wrap this this podcast up. It's been a really good discussion about the Bundesliga. Let's kind of do an outro. I'll start with you, Arvin. Arvin, how have you enjoyed the podcast? And anything you'd like to say? Yeah, obviously love talking on the podcast, you know, Bundesliga, one of my favourite topics, obviously talking about Bayern, hugely passionate within that department. Um, and all I can say is hopefully nobody will take us over in the near future. <laughs> hopefully not, hopefully not. And yeah, so John, how have you enjoyed the podcast? Anything like to say to our listeners, your time now. Yeah, talking about Dortmund is always fun. And uh, with the lack of club football action, I felt like I got my club football <laughs> fixed talking to you guys. Um Bringing up Havertz's name, Tuckle's name, bringing up Chelsea is also fun. So, yeah, it's been a great um, podcast. Yeah, it's great Bayern to have Dominance. you on. It's great to have you on. Hopefully, yeah, Bayern's Dominance. That's been a really strong topic in this podcast. I'll definitely be on my Twitter later. But yeah, I've really enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure you leave a like and follow us on Spotify, Apple. You know, show us all the love on this podcast, two podcasts a week. So, yeah, I'm going to sign out. I'm your host, Taryn, on the Perfect Hat Trick. Make sure to keep things perfect.